Thank you for taking the time to listen to this audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center. Our prayer is that you'll be encouraged and blessed by the anointed Word of God. If you'd like more information about Apostolic Worship Center and its ministries, visit our website at www.awcnorman.com. And uh, we're glad to have her. And if you're a guest or a friend here this day, our leadership team will be in the foyer. We'd love to meet and greet you after service and just believe in now um, um now i'm not usually in here on sunday mornings okay and so y'all are gonna have to help me out just a little bit because i'm feeling a little bit out of my element i'm not hearing nobody yelling and screaming and i'm not saying hey brother john come here we got a fight to break up or somebody here smacking each other on the head so if every once in a while you just reach over and smack somebody in the head real quick for me or if you'll just stand up and go like that real good and say brother john i gotta go bathroom We'll feel real good. I'll feel a little more at home, all right? And uh, so it's good to be over here. I know Pastor's gone this morning. I'm thankful Pastor has put me, let, allowed me to minister this morning. We're going to do our best. Don't forget, Ladies Fellowship, uh, this Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, Men's Breakfast next Saturday at 9 o'clock at Jimmy's Egg on 12th and Alameda. You want to be a part of that. And also coming up is the district marriage retreat if you have any questions about the marriage retreat we want you to go and register be great for your marriage it doesn't matter how long or how long you've been married or how short you've been married this is for you and you'll want to be that if you need any more any more information that see brother nathan and sister sherry about that and uh you'll you'll enjoy yourself at that time while you remain standing we're going before the lord today and our scripture if you turn to john chapter 5 john chapter 5 reading a few verses here Again, like I said, I'm not used to being over here because right now we're in a wild, wild west theme next door. And so I thought about wearing my jeans and boots and my cowboy hat. And uh, might be a little bit different, but hey, it, it sometimes keeps their attention, right? And so I imagine if I come over here in boots and cowboy hat, I wonder how much attention I could get, I guess. <laughs> and uh, so again, it is, I'm thrilled to be over here this morning with you guys and just praying that God's going to touch our Sunday school next door and just believing that God's, God's doing some good things in our children's service. And uh, I'm thankful for what God is doing over there. And I know some of you heard it was, it was several weeks ago. We had one filled with the Holy Ghost in our in our kids' service, just believing that God is going to keep Jerusalem by the sheep market. It was a feast the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. And in these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind and halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whatsoever then after the first, then first after the troubling of the water, stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. And when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole the impotent man answered him sir i have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool but while i am coming another steppeth down before me jesus saith unto him rise take up thy bed and walk and immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked and on the same day was the sabbath day drawing your attention to 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 uh verse number five he laid there for 30 and 8 years. He had this infirmity 30 and 8 years. And Jesus saw him there. 
knowing that he had been there a long time. He had that simple question, wilt thou be made whole? And he come up, he goes, oh yeah, I want to be made whole. But I miss it every single time. Every time the water stirred, I miss my miracle. It seems like every time I show up, I just happen to be the one that misses it. I see someone else get it, but I miss it. Have you ever felt like that? Like you just, just miss out sometimes. So this morning, I want to preach to you just for a few moments on this. Don't miss your miracle. Don't miss your miracle. And I believe this morning that God will speak to us. Can we just lift our hands and ask the God to speak to us just for a moment here? Lord, we thank you, dear God for your word we thank you for your presence we thank you god for the anointing that we feel in this place god we thank you lord for all that you do for us god we want you to speak to our hearts god anoint my lips of clay anoint our ears to hear what you would have to say god we thank you lord for what you're going to do in this place god we give you praise we give you glory and we thank you dear jesus hallelujah 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 thank you lord for what you're going to do this morning in the name of jesus in the name of jesus Hallelujah, hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and look at him and say, don't miss your miracle. And you can be seated this morning. Now, if I was, I told you I'm going to try to get a little comfortable here because I am out of my little comfort zone on a Sunday morning anyway. So if I was next door and I was teaching the kids and I was going to talk to them, so I would open up with this question. I would start with the question of would you rather? Would you rather have one superpower to go back in time and change something, or would you rather go into the future and see something and then come back to the present and you're in the present and look back if you could change something and see something? Now, I dare say that in that group of kids, there probably would be a few of them that would say, I would like to go back in time, but how far back can you really go, really? Uh, but they would like to see the future. But this morning, if we used to take a poll, I would dare say, I would dare say that there would be several of us that would raise their hand and would say of it, I would like to go back in time and change something here or change something there. I, I, I would like to maybe do something at this point and do something at that point because uh, I know yesterday's gone. I can't do nothing about it, but you know, I would love to change something in my past. I would love to change something that, that would help me. I would, I, I would say that there would be somebody in this audience that would choose to go back rather than go to the future. I know there are people that are constantly looking forward to the future and constantly looking forward to tomorrow. And they, they look at life that's past, that's past, and I can't do anything with it. But I would dare say that there would be a few of us that would say, you know what, I would love to go back and change this or change that. And, uh, I made a failure here and I made a failure there. I would love to go back. Others would look back and, and just say, well, it doesn't matter. It, I, I could take it or not. And, and if I would look back, I could go back in a moment in time and, and uh, I, would, I would take back a hurtful word. I would take back a, hurt, a sin that I may have committed. I, I would go back to this spot, this particular time that I knew about and say, you know what, God, I want to walk away from that moment. I want to walk away from that situation. God, help me. Now, in other times, there's some other people that might look back and we look back on the opportunities we missed. How many know that we've missed opportunities in opportunities, if you, if you had $1,000 and you invested in a fruit company about 30-something 30, years ago, today that stock would be worth over $2 million. Why didn't we think, why didn't we catch the boat? Why didn't, how did we miss that little bit? Now, some of you, some of us, I wasn't alive back in 1970, but those of you that were alive back in 1970, if you just bought $1,000 worth of stock in Walmart, 
it would be worth 17 million today not including all the dividends that would have paid out in fact if you were smart enough and believe me i didn't do it so i'm not smart enough but if you were smart enough just a couple of years ago in march of 2020 right before or right during the covid pandemic if you bought a thousand shares of conoco phillips in 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 2020 it'd be worth over seventy thousand dollars just today just a couple of years ago so somewhere if you can find somehow find something and you can and you can reach out and let me know on that stuff and i would greatly appreciate it but uh, we've caught ourselves looking at the past and and saying what if this and what if that or how come and why not in the past is a way of defining our present day life and the reality as it is the past has a way of uh, uh, of defining sometimes our future if we let it and then we say i'm not i'm going to do this or i'm not going to change that and all this while living in the present we say well i'm going to look to the future missing out what god has in store for us right now we read in our scripture text about a man who had missed his miracle more than once because as he's laying there by the gate beautiful he says i have no man to put me in the water i've missed my miracle i've been here maybe 38 years and i keep missing my miracle this hebrew name for bethesda and this is the house of grace or the house of mercy and, and, and is and and but despite being in the house of grace and despite being in the house of mercy he missed his miracle he his view is very different than as if he views it somewhere else because his 38 years he has missed what God had in store for him, or he missed what God was trying to do in his life. No doubt he had seen many people over that 38-year time period healed. No doubt he had seen the lame to walk and the dumb to speak and the blinded eye open, but this man just kept missing his miracle. Maybe he would scoot a little bit closer to the water. He would get there by the edge, try to get as close as he could get to the water and say, you know what, as soon as that angel comes down and that stirring of the water, I'm just going to jump in or roll over and just get in it as much as fast as I can but yet somehow, some way, someone always kept jumping the line or getting in front of him, and he seemed to miss his miracle. Maybe he would be always just keeping his eyes on that water. Maybe a, maybe a bug would land on someone and throw a rock in, all of a sudden this little ripple of a water, and he would get excited. There's the angel. There's the angel, and he would try to scoot toward that water only to find out, and maybe he made it first and only to find out that it was just a false the angel hadn't made it there and he kept missing his miracle he's just in anticipation you see we all at times we realize as we look back over our life that somehow somewhere maybe we miss what god was trying to do in our life if we was honest with ourselves, we could sit there and realize hey god i i, I missed it god help me i don't want to miss what you have i, I don't want to miss what you're trying to do in my life I, I i missed that one service and god i realize now as i look back that was the one service that i really needed i that was the one service there was service that i really needed to have in my life and i that was one time i could do it but when jesus saw him laying there in john chapter 5 and verse number 6 he knew he knew that he had been there a long time in that case he said, wilt thou be made whole? He said, you missed your miracle many times. You've missed your miracle time and time again, but wilt thou be made home? Jesus asked him a question, and he totally misses everything. He does not recognize who Jesus is. He didn't have an Instagram to, to follow Jesus and didn't know what Jesus maybe looked like because all he was there was at that pool just wanting to get his healing. He, he just wanted to be there at that pool. He didn't know who Jesus was. He doesn't realize that healing is right in front of him. The response to the Lord is, you're going to have to help me get in the water. 
He said, the impotent man, sir, yeah, I want to be healed. You think I'm laying here by this pool for my health? You think I'm laying here by the pool to get a suntan? Yeah, I would love to be at home with my family. I would love to have a job. I would love to be traveling the world. But I'm here because I need something. And every time it seemed like the water's troubled, every time I begin to make my way to the water, something gets in my way of my miracle. Something gets in the way of help of where I need to be. You can feel the underlying tone that is that this oppressed, helpless man that is there. It's just not he's wanting a miracle. He realizes that he may never get his miracle. He's realizing that he may never have a miracle happen in his life. He wants a miracle, but he just looks at it as well, it's just a lost cause. He feels the loneliness because I have no one here to help me. He feels that loneliness and says that I have no one here. I I I, I my situation is dire. My situation dictates that I'm a lost cause and it might not ever happen. I dare say this morning that everyone under the sound of my voice have had this hopelessness that times feel the depressed spirit that says, you know what, has felt the weight of the world upon their shoulders. They have felt this, this thing on their life. And God, I just need a miracle. God, I just need you to step into my situation. God, nobody else can see it. I feel all alone. I feel as if I'm battling everything else. God, I feel as if all I need is a miracle. If I just had a miracle just for a moment. If if I just had you speak into my life just for a moment, I know everything would be all right. I know everything would work out all right. God, where is my miracle? I've been coming to church. I've been faithful, and all of a sudden, it seems like this one over here gets what they need from you. It feels like this one over here gets an answer to their prayer. This one over here is healed of cancer, but yet, God, I just need you to reach down and touch me. I just need you to reach down and heal and touch and move in my life. I just need the hand of God on my life, but now, loneliness plagues our mind. This dispressive spirit overtakes that loneliness. And then when we see that haunting voice, we hear that haunting voice inside that keeps nagging and over and over, it will never happen. You're stuck in the same way that you've always been. You'll never get to where you need to be. You're always going through the same mundane thing day after day after day and feeling like the weight of the world is upon your shoulders. That lame man, no doubt, was laying there by that pool, seeing others and the joy and the happiness that they had when their miracle, when they received their miracle. And yet, as much as he tried to be happy for them, he laying there and said, I wish I had my miracle. But today, ladies and gentlemen, I can come to tell you, you don't have to walk out of here missing a miracle. You don't have to walk out of here the same way that you came in. Because God is in the still, in the miracle working business. No matter what you came in needing, whether it's an answer to prayer, whether it's healing, whether it's salvation, God is on the throne. And God can still help. You don't have to walk out of here and say, well, I missed my miracle. I'll show next week. God, I hope you show up, but you don't have to walk out of here missing your miracle. If I can remember one thing, that no matter what, no matter how many times I miss my miracle, no matter what life may seem like, no matter how depressed I may get, no matter despite the feeling of hopelessness and helplessness, if I can just remember one thing, that God is good. 
If I can remember, you know what, God, I may be laying here, but I know you're still good. God, I know no matter what may take on in my life, no matter how depressed or how lonely I may feel, God, you're still good. God, there's still no one like you. God, you still know my end from the beginning. God, you still know what tomorrow holds. And if I can take a hold of that, I know everything will be all right. Lamentations 3 and 22 says, it is the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. It is good that a man both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. God, you're good. Every day I wake up, I may not know what tomorrow holds, but every day I wake up, your mercies are new every morning. I know it's going to be all right because you're with me. And if you're with me, I know everything's going to be okay. So despite my circumstance, despite my problem, despite what I need, God, I will still serve you. I will still love you. I will still give you my all because despite I may have missed my miracle, but I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to serve you. If I'm feeling hopeless, he's good. If I'm feeling depressed, he's still good. When I've lost all hope, he's still good. When I don't know what tomorrow holds, he is still good. If I can remember he's still good, I can. I don't have to lay there by that pool and just wait. I can come into the house of the Lord expecting a miracle. God, you're good. God, I seen what you did last week over here. God, I seen what you did last week right here. So, God, I'm coming expecting today to receive what you have for me. God, I come today expecting to receive that miracle in my life. God, because I know you're good and your promises are sure and amen. And if I know you did it for him, I know you'll do it for me. I know if you did it for her, I know you'll do it for her. So God, I come in with faith believing because you are good. He would not hold, withhold any good thing from us. Not only is he good, but God is faithful. God is faithful in a world of broken promises. God's character holds fast. He is a promise. He is a promise keeping God. Hebrews 10 and 23 says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering for he is faithful that promised it. If I can only hold on to one thing, if I can only hold on to one thing, that's the faithfulness of God. God, you're faithful. When I'm down and out and the world's weighing down, you're still faithful. God, I know you're good. And I may not see the goodness of God all the time, but one thing I do know is, God, you are faithful. You are faithful. I may get depressed, but God, you're faithful. I may get beat down and wore out, but God, you're faithful. I don't want to ever forget the fact that God is faithful. Oh, I wondered this morning, can anybody just testify that God's been faithful to you? God's been faithful to me when I didn't deserve it. He was faithful. When I didn't deserve it, he was faithful. When I didn't know which way was left and which way was right, which way was up and which way was down, God, you are still faithful. Elijah, Elijah had prophesied that there would be no rain. So he goes to the backside of a desert. He's being fed by ravens. 
God's faithful to him. He's he's fed by Raymond's in a little brook, but all of a sudden, God says, you know what? There's a little widow woman down there in Zarephath that I'm worried about, so I'm going to make sure not only am I faithful to the man of God, no, I'm faithful to everyone. So you know what I'm going to do in in, uh, 1 Kings chapter 17 and verse number 9, he said, I want to make sure she doesn't miss her miracle. Uh, And he told, and and the Lord, what the Lord says in 1 Kings chapter 17 and verse number 9, he tells Elijah, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I've commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. And so he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks, and he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. And she said, As the Lord God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me therefore a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went in and did according to the sayings of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. We don't see, we don't, we don't hear the widow woman here saying well someone just got, we don't see her just confining herself to her home we just don't see she's like you know what I don't know what tomorrow holds but I'm going to take what I have left and I'm going to gather these two sticks and God if you're faithful we're going to eat this bread and we're going to go ahead and die but God I know you're faithful somewhere she must have said some prayer because God seen the faithfulness of a widow woman and brought a prophet from the backside of the desert to her to, to let her know that God was there and with her and that God God is going to give her a miracle. We don't see her put him up a fight. We don't say see her saying, you know what? I'm going to make this I'm going to make this meal for me and I'm going to eat it and I'm going to go on my way. But no, she obeyed the voice of God and she obeyed the man of God and she said, okay, I'm going to make it and what did God do? God did a mighty miracle. That barrel of oil never ran out. That oil, that cruise never ran out because God is still in the miracle working business and God is still doing miracles today. God said, I'm not going to let her miss her miracle. What I wonder tonight, today, this morning is if God is looking down at some of you and saying, hey, you know what? I don't want you to miss your miracle. I'm sending someone your way this morning. I'm sending someone your path, on your path this morning. You know what? You've just been faithful in what you're doing. So God's going to be faithful back to you. God, you've been faithful in the small things. Now God's going to make you the ruler over many. In other words, he's seen your faithfulness. He said, you know what? I've come this morning to give them a miracle. And they'll just step out in faith and just keep doing what they're doing. God is going to give us a miracle. I mean, believes that God can give us a miracle. Amen, amen. He said, I'm not just going to do it for one that means a new miracle. I'm going to do it for both. No matter what, I'm going to do it for one. God sees where you're at because God is faithful and he is just just like that man at the gate beautiful. He felt as he was all alone. But you know what? He would, God was not going to let him miss what was in store for him. But see, not only is God good and not only is he faithful, God will never leave us. God is there with us. He will never forsake us. Isaiah 43 and 1 says, But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by 
thy name, thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. And when thou walkest through the fire, they shall not be burnt, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall thy flame kindle upon thee. You know, no matter what you're going through, I'm going to be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I know it seems impossible right now. I know it seems hopeless right now. I know you're in a depressed state right now, but Jesus is here saying this one, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I know the plans that I have for you. I know where you're at. I know what you're facing. I know what you're going through. Your situation may look dead. It may look hopeless. You may They seem like the world has passed you by, but kind of like Mary and Martha, when they felt and they called upon Jesus, they Jesus, Lazarus is sick. You need to come and heal him. You need to come and heal him. And Jesus, you need to come heal. You need to come touch Lazarus. I know that if as long as you're here, it'll work out. As long as you're here, it's going to happen. But the Bible says that Jesus delayed him is coming to him to see Mary and Martha by a couple days. And then in, in John chapter 11, Jesus said these things. He said in John chapter 11, verse 11, these things saith he, and after he saith them, our friend Lazarus sleepeth. But I go that I may wake him out of his sleep. Then the disciples said, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Because they heard the report of Lazarus being sick. They heard the report of him being hopeless. They heard the report of him being on death's door. Must have heard him. But you know what? They said, well, as long as I can get Jesus here, everything's going to be all right. But Jesus already knew. He said, how be it? In verse number 13, how be it? Jesus spoke of his death. But they thought that he had spoken of him resting in sleep. But then Jesus said unto him plainly, Lazarus is dead. You see, ladies and gentlemen, he knows your situation right now. He, it didn't slip up on him by surprise. He knew what you was going to face before you even faced it. He knew the feeling of hopelessness before you even felt the feeling of hopelessness. The feeling of depression, that the feeling of loneliness. He knew that you was going to feel that because he knows how hopeless it looks. He knows how desperate it looks. But you know what? He's coming that he can get the glory. He's coming that he can get the praise as he walks upon that scene there. He comes and sees Mary and Martha. He talks to him, begins to talk to him, and Martha says, you know what? It's too late, Jesus. It's too late. Jesus, you missed your chance to do a miracle. Anybody ever felt like that? Jesus, you missed your chance to do it. And I know none of you felt like that, but I've been in services and I've seen God moving in his power. And I've seen somebody walk out of here, maybe not healed, not changed. And I said, God, you missed your good chance right there for a miracle. God, you missed a good chance right there for a miracle. But if he would have done it then, he might not have got the praise that he deserves. He might not have got the glory that he deserves. But he wants to get the glory, and he deserves the glory, and he deserves the praise. But Jesus said to Martha, he goes, you know what? I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I want to get praise in it all. I want to get praise in it all. It may look dead. Your situation may look dead. It may look hopeless. It may look like it's, a, it's all caving in. But you know what Jesus said? Take ye away the stone, Martha. Take away the stone because all you're going to see the glory of God. And in John chapter 11, verse number 43, and when he has spoken thus, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was abound with napkin. Jesus saying to them, loose him and let him go. Can I tell someone here this morning, your miracle's in this place. 
your miracles in this place. You may have thought your hopes and dreams were going down the train. You may have thought your hopes and dreams were dead. You may have thought you missed your miracle, but there's a miracle in this place. Sometimes when God gives you a miracle, it comes out in grave clothes. Sometimes it may look, what in the world is that? That don't look what I imagined from a miracle. That don't look the same thing what I had my in picture in my mind. I didn't have that in my mind that God would do a miracle like that. God, where are you going at? God, where are you doing? But you know what? It's time to embrace the miracle that God wants to do. It's time to embrace that miracle that God wants to do in our hearts and in our homes and in our lives. It's time to unwrap what God wants to do in our lives. So Jesus comes to that man in Bethesda. He looked at his situation. He said, it looks hopeless. It looks like it's in despair. For all intents and purposes, it was dead. There was no hope. There was no nothing there. He'd been there day after day after day. And Jesus recognized that man's faithfulness, but he also seen it, and he also had a chance to reveal who he was. Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And he reached down and healed him. He missed his miracle many times before. He never made it to that point where he knew that he could have a miracle. He never made it to that point where he knew that he could have what God had promised him. But can I tell someone this morning, this is not just another church service. It's not just another meeting message. It's not just another time where we can get together and feel good that we went to church on a Sunday. But this morning, this is where miracles can happen. This is where the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is at. This is where your miracle can happen. This is where God can reveal his power in a mighty and an awesome way. This is where God can reveal provision for your life. This is where he can give you a word that reaches down into your life and picks you up from that state and says, I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what yesterday tomorrow we're going to bring. I know yesterday look, may have looked hopeless and for the past 38 years you've just been looking for a miracle but today I want to tell somebody the miracle is here in this place. Your miracle is here in this place and I don't want anybody to miss their miracle. I don't want anybody to miss their miracle. Oh, can we just love him right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, someone just begin to worship him. I don't want to miss my miracle. I don't want to miss my miracle. I don't want to miss my miracle. As we all stand all across this place, I don't want to miss my miracle. You see, the greatest miracle that can ever happen and you can ever experience in your life, and that's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The greatest miracle you can ever have in your life is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If you walk into heaven, crane, uh, lame, crippled, blind, whatever, however you make it to heaven, it ain't going to matter. But it's going to matter if you have the Holy Ghost or not. The greatest miracle you can ever experience in your life is the miracle of the power of God being baptized with His Spirit. Where you can look back and say, God, I used to be a sinner. God, I used to be, I can't change yesterday. I would love to go back. I would love to look back and go back and make some different decisions in my life. I would love to go back and make some different decisions, but God, I got to have you. You're the most important thing in my life. You're the most, the power of the Holy Ghost living inside of me is the most important thing that I could ever have living in my life.
But can I tell you this morning, God is here to forgive your sins and fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If you never received the Holy Ghost, this is your chance. Not, Don't miss your miracle. Don't miss your miracle. Others walked in, and it seemed as this life just all around you. The pressures of life seem to just weigh down on you. And you're just like, God, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know how I'm going to, I don't know how I'm going to go to tomorrow. I don't know how I'm going to make it through tomorrow, but God, I just need your help. You see, Genesis in Genesis 50 and 20, he said he had a plan, but as for you, he thought evil against this world, plans your, whatever you're going through for evil. This world wants to destroy you like we, when we pray for our families. This world wants to destroy you. But God wants to use that for His good. God wants to use that for His good. He wants to do a miracle. Psalms 138 and 7 says, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, Thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth Thy hand against the wrath of my enemies, and Thy right hand shall save me. The Lord will perform perfect that which concerneth me thy mercy O Lord endureth forever forsake not the works of thine own hands can I tell you this morning his hand is here his mercy is reaching out this morning you're in the house of mercy you're in the house of grace I don't have to miss my miracle I don't have to miss what God has in store for my life I don't have to miss out one more time on what God has for me so we just lift our hands of the church body right now we just begin to magnify the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we say, God, I've come this morning. God, just need a touch from you. God, it doesn't matter how desperate it may seem. It doesn't matter how lonely that I get. It doesn't matter what may go on in my life. It doesn't matter how, how, how dark the night may be. But God, I don't want to miss what you have for me. I don't want to miss what you have in store for me. I don't want to miss what you have and want to do in my life. Because God, I need a miracle. God, I don't want to miss my miracle. I don't want to miss what you have for me. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I'm opening these altars. I just wonder all across this building. As this church family comes, I want to open up these altars. Don't miss your miracle. Don't walk out of here without what God wants to do in your life. And don't walk out of here without letting God touch you and do something in your life. Don't walk out them back doors and say, I missed it. I missed it. I missed it. But I'm here tonight, this morning, to tell someone that your miracle is in this place. That your miracle is in this place. That you don't have to walk out of here saying, I missed my miracle. That's it. Reach out to him. Your miracle's here. Your miracle's here. Don't miss. Don't miss what God's trying to do. You have been listening to an audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center located at 
3221 North Porter Avenue in Norman, Oklahoma. Our service times are Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. And we also have various ministries happening on Wednesday night. For more information, visit our website, www.apostolicworship.com. You can call us at 405-329-1285, or you can email us at info at apostolicworship.com. We hope that this recording has been a blessing to you.